Well, after a little break uh, from our series, I wanted to come back to um, the series we've been doing on preparing for the last days. And we've looked at a lot of different topics. That's why this series is kind of neat, because there's just so many concepts for the, of at least what the scripture says. You know, it's not like we're making this up as we go along. It's, but seeing what the scripture says and describes about the last days and, and what the saints of the last days need to focus on and prepare. And, you know, we've commented on how the Bible doesn't say much about how what we should do in the natural, right, about what kind of how we should store things up or anything. It, it all talks about what goes on here. If, if, if we align ourselves to God's standard of what he's saying needs to take place in our hearts, then we'll be ready. We'll be ready for whatever comes, even though, you know, I mean, I, I think that it's going to be along a similar line. I and mean, the promise is I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard what God has prepared for those who love him. I think that kind of the same applies to what's going to happen the last days, right? It's, it's going to be an intense time like the world's never seen, but it doesn't matter if we're prepared, if we're ready in our hearts. And so we want to um, apply ourselves to that, knowing that it doesn't just apply to the last days, but it, it benefits us now, right? Because as we're going to see, um, we're going to look back at that church in Revelation and see how preparing for the last days gave them a blessing at that time in their lives. Um, and and I was kind of quickened to for the the theme in of, of for today in our series. I was quickened by Hebrews ten. I wanted to read that with you. Hebrews ten and verse thirty six, as as a kind of one of those areas of preparation, one of the qualities God wants to work in us to prepare. And Hebrews ten thirty six says, "For you have need of." patience. I know that's an exciting one, right? <laughs> you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise because that's our goal, right? We, we want to be peoples of the last days because that's the, there's the promise of God is for those people who are going to enter into glory and majesty as God appears and his glory is seen through us. We, we want that promise. We want to experience it and enter into it. But he's given us the qualification for what has to happen. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. And so the Hebrews is saying, we have need of patience. There is a great need for patience. And then we will receive the promise and what's the practical outworking of that patience? It's to do the will of God, to accomplish his will in our lives. Uh, now, patience is translated in different ways, depending on what Bible translation you're reading. Um, but the root word here in the Greek is the meaning is cheerful endurance. Greek word is hupamone for, for those Greek scholars out there. I hope there aren't any because I probably said it wrong. Cheerful endurance. Um, and in fact, we're kind of almost adding to uh, what we talked to in the beginning. We talked a little bit about endurance at one of our series um, in the beginning of the, or one of the messages in the beginning of the series. Um, and we looked at it from the sense of time, right? Where, where Jesus says we have to endure to the end. 
to the end of the story, the end of the matter. And, and we looked at the fact that in the last days, it almost seems like there's a bit of a delay taking place because we read that in several of the parables, right? That the, the master's servants were making calculations and the Lord delayed, or the master delayed his coming. And some of them had trouble with that. Right? They had difficulty and they got a little discouraged and got upset and so forth. But, you know, man makes his calculations and sometimes we can be disappointed in that. But no matter what, we have to endure to the end. And so that's true in the last days, but it's true now. We have to learn to endure to the end of the matter so that we have a good end. Um, you know, sometimes our trials can extend longer than we would like them to. And that's just a reality. <laughs> and we've all experienced that in one you know, phase or another. Um, but somehow we need to learn to tap into the grace and patience of God to endure to the end and to overcome. But I want to key in on that thought from Hebrews of how we are to endure. Right? So we are, we know we need to hold on and endure to the end, but sometimes, you know, when I think of endurance, sometimes my mind just flashes to the dentist because that's kind of, when I'm in that chair, hold on, just get through this. But you know, that's not the kind of endurance that the Lord's talking about here and that he wants his people to have that we're following him like we're in the dentist chair <laughs> saying, Lord, just get it over with. Now, sometimes that's how our flesh is saying that and that's kind of normal, but it's what our spirit does that really matters because we have need of cheerful endurance. We have need of this. Um, this word, hupomone, is the most used for patience in the New Testament 33 times. 33 times it talks about this patience taking place and being worked out, being expressed in our lives, in our hearts. You know, there's something about enduring tribulation that God wants to develop in us because it carries over into eternity. You know, the ability to look beyond our bleak surroundings or our discouragement or, the, the, or even the lack of evidence, the lack of what, you know, we, we wanted to see the promise, but we haven't seen it yet. And so there's that cheerful endurance to be able to rejoice in God until we see it. Some of the saints in the last day, or, or some of the saints in the Old Testament, they had to do that till they took their last breath and they never saw it with their eyes. Right? Hebrews 11 talks about some of the saints. They had to endure great difficulties. You know, Father Abraham, he never saw the promise. Maybe in vision form, he saw that city whose builder and maker is God, but he never saw it. All he saw was his one son. One representation, but he turned, through him came the nation and came us, right, as his spiritual seed. But he had to, by faith, just have cheerful endurance and rejoice in God. So there's lots of different examples, but I want to key in on one that uh, I think, in my, from my perspective, is, is a wonderful example of cheerful endurance to receive the promise and enter into it. And he got to enter into it in his life, his promise. And that is Joseph. Joseph, uh, his story is so amazing, so powerful, so intense. 
right? And I, I think it's a picture of the, the last day church, of, of the church is going to go through great challenges and difficulties, but also great glory to be used by God, to do mighty things, to rule in, even in the last days by his spirit. Uh, and, you know, so God had a wonderful plan for the life of Joseph. He would save his people from famine. He would be a ruler. He would govern the land of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. And, you know, he, he determined not only the fate of Egypt, but multitudes because he was faithful to God. God could use him. Um, it was almost like he became exempt from the trial of famine. And because of that, he could bring his family into that promise. But we realize he paid a price to, to come to that place, didn't he? He had to go through a lot. Um, but yet there's a message here for us because his life is an illustration of what God wants to do for his people, of the place he wants to bring us into. He wants to prepare us. He wants to make us ready for the days to come so that we can overcome and he can preserve us in those trials that every that the whole world is going through. But, but yet he can prepare our hearts so that we can be preserved and those and many other people can be preserved as well. And we mentioned previously in the, in the series about that precious little church from Revelation. And I say little because it, it's described as they were just a little group. You know, the church of Philadelphia, a little group of believers that had been faithful in great difficulty. We don't know what that difficulty was, but it was probably persecution living in, in Roman society. They would have been pretty low on, on the societal uh, uh, range, you could say. But in Revelation 3.10, it talks about the promise they'd entered into with God. Because this church, it says, you have kept the word of my patience. I will keep you from the hour of temptation. That which shall come upon all the world to try the whole earth. I, that to me is just one of the most significant verses when you're thinking about the church and, and you think about the last days and you, or maybe even your day and you're going through, uh, you know, the furnace of affliction. Lord, what is this all for? What are, what are, what's going on? Well, this church, they kept the word of his patience and they had to cheerfully endure great trials but God revealed the purpose in their lives is that he, they fulfilled what he called them to do and they qualified to be kept in times to come. When everyone else was being tried, well, they'd already passed their test. So they were preserved. And so keeping the word of his patience, it's, exact, it's the same word, cheerful endurance. They would be kept from the trial that would come upon the whole earth, of course, a direct correlation to the last days, uh, last day church. But really more important is the personal application. You know, the last days are going to come at when God says they're going to come. Till then we wait. But that doesn't mean there's no trials or tribulations that we're, we go through them. But yet we see from Joseph's life the example of how we can go through them, how we, we should go through them so that we can do the will of God and receive the promise because we want to be preserved now. Right? I, what good is, does it do uh, to think about 
being preserved in the last days if we can't be preserved now through God's grace, through His, through His Spirit, through His anointing. And how we're preserved is through cheerful endurance, patience. And that's something we see in Joseph's life. And when I say we see, um, we, we kind of read between the lines and we surmise from his life that he had this um, cheerful endurance because we know his promises, right? He saw uh, the dream in Genesis 37 of his family bowing down to him, first the sheaves in the field and the sheaves, uh, his sheaf stood upright and everyone else bowed down. Then another dream, the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed down before him. And uh, his brothers weren't too happy with that dream when he shared it. Uh, or even his parents, right? I mean, think about that. He had a dream from the Lord and even his parents were upset at that. But it says his father observed it, observed his saying. It's like his father had a sense, well, maybe there is something to this. I don't know. You know, maybe he had a certain understanding that there, it was significant. But it, I, I think the young boy Joseph was probably rejoicing at this to a degree, like, ooh, hey, <laughs> that's nice. But little did he realize the cost involved. And we know the story. His brother sold him into slavery. Um, and if that wasn't enough, he became a slave and then a prisoner and so forth. And we can kind of see the New Testament explanation of what was, why, the, why did this have to happen? I mean, you read the Old Testament, it's like, man, why did he have to go through such difficulty? Couldn't have God orchestrated it in a different way? He could have saved Pharaoh's life or something, or, you know, why did he have to go through such difficulty? But James 1 and verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or manifold trials knowing this, that the trying of your faith is developing and creating patience. And it's that patience that's divine. And let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, entire, lacking nothing. And so Joseph and, and also the Philadelphian church, how, were this, how was this patience, the cheerful endurance developed? Manifold trials. Many different types and colors and, and the spectrums of challenges and difficulties. Um, you know, sometimes it feels like you go through a season in which every new corner holds a different trial and you're kind of like, you're almost afraid to go around the corner. What, Lord, what is this now? But yet we realize God is doing something, even though it's intense, God is doing something because he says the trying of your faith is working, it's developing, it's creating and imparting patience and cheerful endurance so that we can receive the promise. Trials are an opportunity to develop an aspect of his character, in a, or many aspects at times. He tests our attitude, our fortitude, our endurance. And that, that thought of patience, we just have to let it take its course, right? is what James says, let patience have her perfect work. Don't try to stop it. Don't try to shorten it. Don't try to get out of it because then you'll, you won't be complete. The promise or the requirements of the promise will be lacking. And so there'll just be a partial fulfillment. And so it's the idea of giving God room 
to complete what he started in our lives. And then patience will do a perfect work. And that in the Greek, the idea for perfect is complete, just not lacking anything. You know, not, I don't know if you've ever gotten some of those, you know, you, you put together that furniture from Walmart or Amazon and stuff, and you, it's like all these parts. And you put it together, it's like, why do I have extra parts? <laughs> you know, and you put something on upside down, and you left parts out, and it's like, well, that's not complete, but I'll just, we'll call it good, right? But, you know, we don't want that. That's okay for a cheap piece of furniture, but for our lives, not having a complete work has an effect on our eternity. We don't want to miss out on something God wants to do in us or through us because then that affects other people as well that God wants to bless through us. Let patience have her perfect work. Really, God's doing a work of purification if we're not complete, then there's something else, kind of like gold. It's, it's not purified because there's some dross in there that hasn't been gotten out, and it, it's not as pure. And so as we develop patience during the trials, it says the purpose that we will be complete, not lacking anything. Now back to, to Joseph. Um, something we can observe in him is that he, or surmise, I should say, is that he had this cheerful endurance. And you might say, how can we be sure? Because it, the scripture doesn't describe it as, as what he was expressing, you know, it doesn't specify he cheerfully endured in Potiphar's house and in the prison. Um, but I think we can understand something from that because here, here's what it says in Genesis 39.3, Potiphar was his master, and it says, His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served and made his overseer of his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. It's hard to imagine that Potiphar would promote Joseph if he was a sad and bitter person because he had been sold into slavery. You know, he observed Joseph and he said, here's a guy I can trust with absolutely everything in my house. And I don't know if you would trust someone who is mad and bitter and upset and, you know, we're kind of like David's, the people who joined themselves to David, you know, I don't think he would have taken the time to, to deal with that. But he saw a spirit in Joseph that he liked and he respected and he wanted to be over his house. And so he must have seen a, that spirit of cheerful endurance, of overcoming upon him. You know, pr probably like Daniel. Daniel, it's one of the descriptions of Daniel is he had another spirit. He had a different spirit. Or maybe like Caleb and Joshua, a different spirit that they could enter into the land and see the possibility of God delivering Israel from their enemies. And that's how... He became, Joseph became ruler over Potiphar's household. You know, he ruled even in the midst of his slavery. And of course, the story goes on because Potiphar's wife, you know, said the story about Joseph and Potiphar put Joseph into prison, right? Phase two of the trial, of a deeper trial, you could say. But even in that, we still can understand he had a same, that same spirit because in Genesis 39 verse 21, 
But in the prison, it says the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners that were in the prison, whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. I don't know if I've ever heard of a, of a prisoner being put in charge of the prison, but there you go. That was, that was Joseph. He had a different spirit upon him. He was able to rule in his spirit in his trials. And the, and the people in charge saw that and they said, this is a guy I want working for me and helping me and helping me run, run things here. And Joseph was able to look past his situation and see what God wanted to do in him and, and through him in that. And what was God doing? He was preparing Joseph to rule in the midst of his captivity. You know, before he could rule Egypt, he had to rule in the midst of his trials and his captivities. Uh, I'm sure he wished it over. In fact, we know he wished it was over. He said to the, to the butler, you know, he gave him the, the explanation of, the, of his dream and he, he was going back to Pharaoh and said, remember me. I was the one who gave this to you. Don't you better you better tell Pharaoh about me and get me out of here. Because it would have been easy to do to say, hey, here's an interpreter of dreams. You want him around you because he, he could be valuable in court. He would have been taken out the next day. But he was forgotten. But it was because God had ordained a certain time so that in a day he would be delivered out of prison from the lowest place and set in the highest place of the land. That was God's plan. It was a pretty good one because, you know, to be taken from where he was in a day, it's, it's a picture of what he wants to do in our lives in his church. But before Joseph can do that, could, he had to learn to reign in his trial, in his spirit, to cheerfully endure. The Psalms have some verses that talk about that. In Psalm 110 and verse 2, it says, The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. You are to rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, sometimes you wish that could be, we need to rule over our defeated enemies who are <laughs> destroyed and no more, but the Lord says, no, rule in the midst of them. They're still there, but in our spirit, we are ruling. It's easy to get discouraged and overwhelmed when you just see the enemies surrounding you. But the Lord is saying, but I can cause you to rule in the midst of that situation when you look to the rock that is higher than I, the strength of Zion. Another psalm, Psalm 61 and verse 2. It says, from the end of the earth will I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. You know, David isn't saying, stop this thing, but he's saying, lead me to the rock that's higher so I can, I can climb up above that and I can be looking down at what's going on around me. When we're overwhelmed, we can cry out to the rock who is Christ, and he can lead us to a higher place to sit with him in heavenly places to see from his perspective that his plan is good and he, you know, he has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And when we do that, when, when we see from God's perspectives, that's when we can, we can cheerfully endure. When we're looking through our own eyes, 
It's just woe is me. <laughs> now that, that's, the, that's what it comes down to. Lord, help me to see as you see and to rejoice as you rejoice, to cheerfully endure. And of course, you know, thinking back of, to Philadelphia, their promise is that they would be kept and preserved. You know, back in Revelation 3.10, you have kept the word of my patience. I will keep you from the hour of temptation that's going to come up on all the earth. Um, you know, that was a single, that was just a little church who entered into that, but it's representative of, of what the church as a whole God is calling us to enter into. They were not the great church or one of the greatest churches in, in Asia Minor, like Ephesus. You know, they weren't rich. They weren't powerful. They didn't have everything like some of the other ones. But a transformation had taken place. And that was the most important thing that could have taken place. And because that work, they had allowed that work to take place in them, they were exempt from the trials that would take place in the world around them. Uh, they were the church that God honored. The rest of the churches, except for, for one, they, they didn't, well, actually, none of the other churches received this promise of being preserved. And I think this, of all the promises in the last days, you know, we, Lord, preserve us, keep us. You know, as we pass our trials and our tests, well, the trials and tests are going to come upon the whole world, but if we've passed, we're safe in Him. And Pastor Bailey, you know, used to share, or he shared visions of how he'd seen the last days, and he said he saw saints, you know, believers walking on one side of the street, and he said he saw terrorists walking on the other side of the street, and they walked safely by because they were preserved in the hand of God. They would be kept. And so we want that promise in the last days. And you know, of course, depending on which area of the country you look at, it's like some of, some of the believers need that promise more than others. But we're all, we all need it in reality. We all need to, to walk in that, to fulfill that in our lives because we all have areas that we need to be kept and preserved because that lion, that roaring lion is out there seeking who he may devour. And, and the promise is we will preserve, be preserved from that devourer. And so God can keep us while, and even many, it seems like it's harder and harder to see examples out there of people who are faithful to follow the Lord. But God's promise is if we will cheerfully endure, we will be preserved so that he will cause us to continue to be walking in his pathway of righteousness. When the world gets darker, he'll cause his light to increase to become brighter and brighter. And so let's la ask the Lord in this day for a heart that will cheerfully endure to the end, that we will hold on and fulfill the word of his patience to do his will, right? And that's what patience is. He gives us patience to fulfill his will, to follow him, to obey him, to walk in the pathway that he has for us. And when we have endured, we will receive the promise. The full, full promise comes in eternity, but yet we can inherit that in this life as Joseph did, as the Philadelphian church did. But we need his perspective. We need to, to look to the rock who is higher than I.
than us. But in so doing, He'll preserve us when all the world around us is being tried. Father, we thank You. Thank You that Your plan is good. Thank You that, that, Lord, there's no iniquity found in You, only goodness and righteousness and mercy. And Lord, we just cry out to You that You would put within our hearts this patience and cheerful endurance. Lord, we see the example of the Philadelphian church and we rejoice in that, in what You want to do. That, that Lord, we recognize that there's trials and tribulations and lots of different colors of of challenges that you take us through. Lord, we pray for a a heart that would cheerfully endure. Lord, that you would give us a heavenly perspective to see as you see, that we could rejoice in you and endure to the end. Lord, that we could enter into these promises, that we could do your will and please you so that we can receive the fullness of your promise. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.